Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester. And we are so happy to be here with you tonight. And we just ask God's blessing upon you right now that this word will be an anointing to you and that this word will lift you up. So tonight, we're going to be talking about three aspects, very, very, very important. And we just want you to get into the spirit of listening because there's something about getting into the spirit of listening that enables a person to make a progress that otherwise they can not make. So we are talking tonight, you know, on, on the subject that is very important and that is something that um, has to do with people getting ahead uh, by being able to be renewed. So the subject is renewed, one, renewed, two, renewed, three. So if you have your Bibles, let's start tonight at the book of First Timothy, beginning with chapter 4, Timothy 4. Here is what it says. Verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. You always know that when an emphasis is made in speaking, an adjective is added in, an adverb is added in, or in a certain way a verb, that there is a highlight of the meaning, a highlight of the word. And the Spirit speaketh expressly is an accentuation. And so it means that there are times that the Spirit does not always speak that same way. Sometimes it may be uh, not in the fire or the raging wind uh, or in the earth shake uh, experience, but it can be a small, still voice. In this particular case, it was an emphatic in expressing and uh, the Spirit was speaking, expressing, uh, or expressly, that in the latter times, some would depart from the faith. Now, we want to look at that to see what is it really talking about when it starts talking about the latter times. I mean, what, what are the latter times? Uh, this was written way, way back, you know, by Paul in a letter to Timothy. And uh, uh, if they thought that that was the latter time, well, you know, that was going getting around 2,000 years ago. And uh, and um, if that was the latter time, uh, you know, it's, then it's still the latter time. And that sure is a long stretch of something being a latter time. So uh, we need to understand, you know, what it was really talking about when it said this, because this is the format for laying down uh, what we want to get into uh, you know, about this renewal, because one of the things we always have to have is a clear mind and a clear understanding of what the express thing is that God is, is saying and is deeming. So in understanding this, uh, you know, we could, for instance, look at, um, at a statement that, uh, was made, uh, you know, by Peter. Um, he talked about, uh, an interesting thing. Uh, you know, he, he talked about, um, that, um, uh, uh, you know, about the foundations of the world. He said um, uh, in verse uh, 20, 
and we're we're into First Peter. So if you if you don't lose your your place in Timothy, but if you're into chapter one and just write that down, chapter one and Peter, First uh, Peter, and beginning with the twentieth verse, uh, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of this world, but is manifested in these last times for you. Now, when we are talking here, you have to understand we are discussing on a world uh, scale because we're, we're, we're comparing it to before the foundations of the world. And I don't need to go into some elongated explanation of how many thousands of years that could be. And now we are comparing this um, uh, uh, last times or latter times within the context of that great span of time that goes all of the way back before, before the foundations of the world. Now you begin to get into the time tale, the time sequence, uh, the time happening. Because if you, you compare time, uh, let's say that you're, you're going to go, uh, to some kind of a, uh, music lesson. And, um, you know that, that the, the time of that lesson is going to be 45 minutes. Uh, so that is a particular time. And that's how that, that, that takes. But if someone says, I'm going to take a lesson, and uh, I don't know how long that's going to be. Maybe it's going to be uh, four hours, or maybe it's going to be five days, uh, or maybe it's only going to last a second. Uh, then you can see that the, the relativity of time is just totally out of focus and out of sequence as to the meaning of time in reference to that music lesson. And we could give dozens of other examples, but we have to put things on par, to use a famous uh, sports uh, term, uh, with uh, things that are relevant. So using this term, and, and certainly a, a person like uh, Peter would know, because after all, he is the one who sprung the verse and quoted it from Psalms, of course, that, that um, you know, uh, a day with the Lord is a thousand years. So he was really into understanding the elongation of time. And uh, this wasn't just a uh, uh, um, accidental statement that he made here when he's talking about uh, this before the foundations of the world, and he's comparing it with the last times. <coughs> so, very interestingly, then, uh, we can we can look at that now in the light of that statement. In the light of that statement, then what does it mean in First Timothy, First Timothy, chapter four, and first verse when it says that in these latter times? Well, in the manifest revelation, and those of you who have been following them on the teachings and the blogs, you understand that the, that this refers to a time, times, and a half times. And this is, uh, is caught up within the aspect of the teaching of the, of the, um, uh, of the desolation that it talked about, the abomination of desolation, of which Jesus said, when you, when you read this, be sure that you understand it. Now he made that very clear by that insertion, that it wasn't something you could just fluff over and easily digest or easily comprehend. You had to put some study to it. To, you have to study to show yourself to be approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed is what it really goes with. And and so uh, here we have something very similar to that because 
we are talking about that the Spirit is speaking expressly in the latter times. What incorporates this latter time? Well, the times, time and a half times. And that has been going on for some long period of time, and that will continue to go on uh, for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, you know, according to the manifest teaching and according to the scripture, 70,000 to 80,000 years. And of course, we've already used up a few of those thousand, but not much. And so someone says, oh, that's just incredible. No, it's really not incredible. It's just actual. It's just factual. It's just Bible. And and uh, if you haven't had a chance to understand that or know that, get into the blogs. Read them one by one. Read the scriptures. Study the scriptures. The, the Bible verses are there. And so when we begin to look at that, it says there are some that will depart. Well, now we know that there is a scripture, a particular scripture, that tells us, that there is coming a day when there will be a great falling away. And we know that that particular falling away that it's referring to is when the son of perdition, the false prophet, is set up in the temple and who is claiming to be God. And then he will be so sensational, so spectacular in his uh, carriage, his ideas, his concepts, uh, that multi-millions, billions of people will believe that he is the the Messiah that was to come, and they'll be believing that on the on on the on the Christian side. They'll be believing that on on the uh, the Jewish side. Uh, they'll be believing that on on the um, Muhammad side, and they'll be believing that on the Hindu and the Buddha and all these different religions will believe that is the particular messenger uh, or divine person that they have been expecting. And they will see that as being the person. And that will cause a great falling away from uh, the traditional uh, beliefs and the traditional uh, concepts because this false prophet is going to usher in a whole new way of perceiving and thinking and conducting. But that's not our subject tonight. Uh, so it says, um, uh, you know, some will depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, the doctrines of devils and speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. There is something about, you know, the, the consciousness that we have and the conscience that we have. And, and they can be affected. Seared with a hot iron, uh, is a way of saying that it is, um, it is, um, uh, de-accelerated. It is slowed down by, by this searing. Because, you know, that, that, that has an effect molecularly speaking. And if it has an effect molecularly speaking, then it affects us because we are molecular beings. Now, sometimes when we talk about universal things and we talk about atoms and, and uh, subatomic particles and we talk about things happening in the universe, uh, people say, well, you know, what do we need to know all that uh, physical uh, information about atoms and molecules well look let's stop a minute and consider what are you made of what are you made of are you are you made of something different than atoms are you made of something different than molecules hey, ladies and gentlemen you are made of the same thing that the stars are made of you you are made of the same thing that the, that is uh atoms and molecules and subatomic particles and many of these descriptive things about the um, the um, you know um, molecules and atoms and so forth uh, on a huge gigantic scale or on a uh, a very minute uh, scale uh, with all the different names that apply to that um, 
whether we are are, are talking the one scale, which is the the large, uh, the, the the macroscopic, or we are talking about the the uh, quantum scale, which is you know near to the basically invisible. Uh, we are still talking about things that are are uh, familiar to our body. Those kind of things happen in our body. Uh, uh, you know, I recently saw a very, very interesting uh, picture that was taken, and it compared um, uh, a portion of the universe in which there was these uh, tremendous various kinds of of um, radiations and and uh, you know, sort of. Um, uh, various kind of sun flares and all the kind of things that happen in the universe, cosmetic in the in the cosmos, uh, uh, cosmologically speaking, and then they showed a picture of the brain activity in a mouse, and they put those two pictures side by side, and you could you could barely differentiate the difference between the two, because they were so similar to the the firings and the happenings that was occurring in the brain of a mouse, much less the brain of a human being. Uh, was very similar uh, to the kind of things that was going on in, in the cosmos, in the universe. So um, we've got to understand these different scales have application. They have application to us, and, and we're going to we're going to get into a few things about that to sort of set us up for this teaching about renewing. And um, and now we begin to see that. Uh, that there's all kinds of things that people get into religiously speaking. Uh, verse three. Let's just let's just talk about these things. Uh, they get into forbidding to marry. Uh, someone says, well, "I think it'd be good just not to get married." Uh, Paul seems to indicate that. Uh, this is Paul writing. He he's not meaning what some people are thinking that he's meaning. Uh, he, he might be talking about a select people, a select group of people that, like himself, that are going to end up uh, as a prisoner and that are possibly going to be um, uh, going to be executed. And to those kind of people, you're saying, "Well, you know, you know, don't get yourself entangled with a wife uh, because uh, you know you don't want to have a wife with children, and then you spend the rest of your time in jail, and then finally you're executed." Uh, that's, you know, that's not the smart thing to do. There's a lot of interpretation goes with that. Otherwise, we've got contradiction. And the and there's not contradiction if you really understand what the word is saying. So forbidding to marry, God God is not against people getting married. You know, that that is a symbolic thing. And, and that uh, we do a teaching, you know, uh, called Marriage Before the Dawn, uh, which basically teaches that all the marriages that are happening on earth with human beings are just patterns and symbolisms of the one eternal marriage, of the only real marriage that exists. And and that is the marriage supper of the Lamb, marriage, uh, you know, in, in the in the God kingdom. And then it says, uh, and and the and they and commanding to abstain from meats. Now I don't want to stir up and get any of you vegetarians angry. Uh, I think you have the right to be a vegetarian if that's what you want to be. But the problem here is if you are commanding other people that they should abstain from meats and you're telling them they got to be like you and how you are measured, they should be measured. That's where you goof up. You can't give commands to other people, tell them not to eat meat, because if you do that, you are basically saying what God has created, uh, if it's, you know, is, and what he says that if it's received with thanksgiving, uh, then, you know, it's okay to, to eat it. And you're basically saying that's not true. 
that you can only do that with, with, uh, you know, vegetables. So you got to be careful what comes out of your mouth because, uh, it is so easy to affect other people and, uh, and, uh, maybe someone that needs a particular high amount uh, of protein, uh, you would stop them from having that and, and they may not get, uh, the same kind of protein in the vegetables, although it's possible if you have the right kind of dietary control and, and plan and schedule. But, but that doesn't always happen. So we have to think about, you know, if someone wants to, to, to eat meat, okay, let them eat it. If someone doesn't want to eat meat, hey, let them not eat it. Someone wants to eat vegetables, let them have vegetables. They're good. I love vegetables. I like meat too. All right. For every creature of God is good. Now that is a very difficult scripture to a lot of people. Because how many people can really, really in their hearts, uh, right now, right now as I am speaking, say that is true? How many people could really say every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused? Nothing is to be refused if it is, to, it is, if it be received with thanksgiving. Now, when we start talking about renewal, we're going to start talking about the power of forgiving, which falls in the 30-fold category. We have the one, the two, the three, the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold. And in this first uh, category of renewing, uh, one of the big things is being able to forgive. And and Jesus said, you know, when you pray, you say, my Father which art in heaven, that you have to connect this thing about, you know, forgive others their sin. And as you forgive others, you know, for, for, or as or as I have forgiven others, uh, also forgive me. So as others are forgiven by you, then that's how you automatically are going to get uh, forgiven by God, because that is the law that God has laid down. And he says, hey, you want forgiven? You think you've, you've gone beyond uh, any ability to be forgiven? Start forgiving other people. Start start uh, accepting every, every creature of God uh, that they are good and that nothing or no one is to be refused if you can receive them with thanksgiving. If you can receive them with thanksgiving. Now, now someone says, well, I, when I, I always pray and, and, and I always, uh, you know, ask God, um, for me to this or for me to that. And, you know, that's great and that's beautiful. Prayer is good. Meditation is good. But specifically, this says thanksgiving. And, and so when God wants you, uh, to, to obey his word, he wants you to obey it. And, and what, what it is the, uh, order here is to just begin to thanks God. To thank God, uh, and someone says, yeah, but that's just referring to food. Yeah, well, what is food? The Bible says all flesh is grass. So when you eat a cow that eats nothing but practically grass, uh, you're eating, you know, you're eating that grass too, just in a different form. So, so, uh, you know, be careful because these things can be, uh, you know, put into, uh, different sequences that, uh, you know, you're really not going to get around them applying to you. And for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So now you get the prayer too, but first you do the thanksgiving, you know, and you get the word of prayer. And and yes, and I believe in when you when you are um, having a meal that it's beautiful to thank God for it and have a thanksgiving. But I think that it's great 
to have a thanksgiving for deliverance, and that is even greater for deliverance of, of souls and of people, for deliverance of people that are sick, for poli- uh, deliverance of people that are wounded with, with uh, worries and wounded with depressions and obsessions, and, and to have a thanksgiving uh, before God for them and celebrate that, that God can sanctify them and celebrate that, 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 they're, that in God everything is good. In God, everything is good, and there's nothing or no one to be refused. And I know that is not simple for a lot of people to do. They harbor ill feelings toward other people. They harbor uh, their temperaments, and they they uh, do not want uh, to forgive because uh, actually some people hate other people. They hate them, and there is really no place in God's kingdom. Uh, uh, for people that are going to be full of hate because you are then experiencing the opposite of love. And, and love is where the kingdom of God is. And when you come into love, there is no place you have to be emptied of all that hate. Okay, so we're getting ourselves in condition to be ready for these renewals that we need, you know, because it, it's, it's a thing that is important. And it says, if you, uh, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, uh, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. Okay, so there's lots of things that you you need to understand and and to put into effect. In the 14th verse of the same chapter, chapter 4, 1 Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, someone says, well, that's not how I received the Holy Spirit. That's not how I received my gifts. You really don't know that. You may think that you know that, but you really don't know that. Because things are totally different than how most people think that they are. Now, they are discovering out in the scientific world, in physics, astronomy, that atoms are connected to one another. And it doesn't matter that if one atom is just a, a few feet away, or if it's all, all uh, the distance across the universe, there is something that is capable of transmitting the occurrence in the one atom to the other atom, regardless of time. So it obviously, there is, there is an understanding in the fabric of the universe, which is consistent of energies and atoms, that traveling across that fabric, you can transcend instantly, and that's many, many times, that's a hundred times the speed of light. And once you understand that and get into that scenario, it is powerful. And if you've had anybody at any time going back in history who, as a ministry, has prophesied and has put forth their hands and has has been a part of a presbytery and they have sent out this message and prayed that it would fall upon you know uh, not only that which which is but that which is to come not only those who are but those who are to come Uh, you could literally then from that message like from Adam to Adam be experiencing the benefit of people way back in time that prayed. 
And it's a beautiful thing. And you don't know who even of your own uh, near relatives who have prayed in a like manner and have as a proxy stood in for a whole presbytery of, of, of ministry uh, to pass on to you the gift that God has given you that you're amazed that you have. And you know that it's not because of you being so good, but you know it's because of God's mercy that you have those gifts, that you have that operation of the Holy Spirit, and you don't even understand how that you could be the recipient. But when you put into all these things that God has worked out through the Soundtron, that's worked out through the, the voice of the many living waters that speaks into everything that exists, and it, and it moves and it, and it goes from persons to persons, and from the many living uh, waters of the many, many people of the world, both what that, of those, those who were past and those present and those yet to come, so that going back you come forward and going forward you come back. Then we see in Romans 10 why it is guaranteed that there is no human being who has not been touched, who has not even subconsciously heard of these things of God. And how that they have been put in place and been put in order so that at some point, sometime in their consciousness, they will come into a conscience of understanding these things. It's beautiful. And it says in the 15th verse, Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that they, profiting, may appear to all. God's not against profit. We can profit by the Spirit. We can profit by the works and the actions of God. We can profit by assimilating those things which already were as though they were now, and as soon as you do that, they are now. And you can even reach into the future and bring it back to yourself. Someone says, oh, how could you do that? Do you really need to know? Can't you just take faith? When Jesus said, if you have the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, you may say to this mountain, you know, be cast into the sea, or to this tree be plucked up and cast into the sea. Did you really need to know all the details because it's that by faith? Or did you just say, I accept it? I just know that God made this universe full of contact, full of interrelationships of messages and communication that corresponds throughout the whole universe and that goes on into the past, on into the past, but then it's always available into the present. And those things which are, are those things which are now. And those things which are now are those things which are going to be. That's what the Bible says. If those things which are going to be are those things which are now, then you are able, by that circuit, uh, by that infinite geometry, to bring back into you all of the future things that are young, that are good, that are blessed, that are happy, that are ancient, that are anything that you need it to be. Because you've got, like God has said, He's got the whole world in His hand, and He's put, putting you in that place too. You've got the whole world in your hand. Wow. So, let's, uh, let's, uh, break from that, and let's go to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, uh, 
maybe another little spot that we might want to look at um, and just get this uh, down because it's something that uh, we'll be referring to. It's a good old scripture and most everybody almost knows it by heart. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now. Now. Not long, long ago. Not maybe someday after the end of life. Now. Faith is the substance. What is it that you dream? What is it that you wish? What is it that you desire? Now. Faith becomes substance. Faith is not just a wish. It, it is actually an energy. And that energy has the capability of turning anything into a substance. And you can decide what form, what color, what dimension, what degree of creation, and you will suddenly, when you achieve that, have the evidence of things that were not seen until you did that act. Then the evidence of it will actually be available to you. Do I believe that? Yes, I do believe that. Have I experienced that? Yes, I have experienced that. Have others experienced it? Yes, they have. This is an exciting world. This is an exciting universe. This has great promise, great hope. People have got to turn off their down machines, the, those down syndrome programs. They're constantly talking about all the ills coming upon the world, all of the, the destructive fate that is guaranteed to come and there's nothing much you could do about it except die. Get off that track. That track leads straight to the gates of depression. For by it the elders obtained a good report. That's how it happened in the past. They obviously did that. They obviously achieved that. People that have lived before have done that. Hey, is it connected to the universe? Does it have anything? When I get into when I start talking about the universe and some of the mathematical consequences. Uh, that have to do with, you know, uh, proving how that the, the finite things, uh, of God are made. Listen to what it says in verse three. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We are the right place. We are in the right position. We are at the right time. When we're talking about and connecting the whole universe and what's going on in the universe and understanding it. That is Bible. B-I-B-L-E, Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, take a hold of the horns of this altar. And I don't say leave them there to hold on to. I say pull them off and turn them into a ram's horn and get out there before the walls of Jericho and start tooting. And those walls are going to come down. Through faith we understand. Do you understand? Is your faith that we, pronoun, more than one person, more than just Paul, a whole group of people, for through faith, through faith, through this energy, through this substance, we understand 
that worlds, W-O-R-L-D-S, plural, plural, worlds, were framed by the Word of God. Wow. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And that is so opposite, so contrary to what people, people expect. People expect to make something and then be able to go out and be able to see the articles, the material that they are going to make that something out of. And that's common life. That's a certain level of life. But there is another level of life that is definitely way beyond that. And when you get into that other level of life, here's what you get into. You get into, into things which are seen being made of things that do not even appear. They're, they're invisible at the time. That means you have power to order the atoms and the molecules to command them like a, a ship captain. Like Jesus when he commanded the winds to cease. On that scary trip of the of the disciples on the Sea of Galilee when they were fearing for their life. And then there's a whole list, and I'm sure you've read it many times. But I'm going to tell you how important that this energy is, which is the energy that framed the worlds. If you get to thinking that it's not important to talk about atoms and molecules, it's not important to talk about the, the world, the, the universe, the cosmos. You are not into the Bible. You are just on the outskirts of it. You are not into it, not into the deep of it. You haven't gone into the phantoms. Wow. What does it say? Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Framed, that's the lattice. So we get into the lattice and into the teaching of Lanolution. That is specifically the Bible. Framed, lattice, network. Jesus said the, the universe, the kingdom of, of the world, is likened to a net. That's a lattice. That's a framework. And it says the things that become of a nature that you can now see them were made of things that before you could not see them. What an absolutely gorgeous and beautiful thing. How absolutely present, pleasant and beautiful. How important is that? How can things about the world and, and the makings of the universe have anything to do with our spirituality? Well, let me tell you. Hold and hang. Get in there. Get on the railway. Verse 5. By faith, by this energy, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Is that something that you would be interested in? This thing about this energy that made the worlds, that's involved in the framing, the lattice, the networkings, that introduces a knowledge of a substance that can provide for everything that you wish, you dream, you hope for, that provides you evidence 
allowed Enoch to be translated that he should not see death. Are you interested in that? And there was people that didn't believe that anything like that could be possible in his day. And they went out searching for him. And they searched everywhere they could possibly think to go. And he could not be found. <laughs> because God had translated him. And there was a testimony, but people didn't catch on. There was a testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. And there was a testimony, but people just didn't catch on. They didn't get it. Is this thing important to know the whole connection, the whole leaking of every atom, of every molecule, of, the, of all the alignments of the universe? Well, that's how the world was made that you, you, you live in. That's what makes the chairs that you sit on, the beds that you sleep on, the food that you drink and eat. And here's how important it is in the sixth verse. In the sixth verse it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. And what happens when you please him? Enoch had this testimony that it pleased God. <laughs> and he had faith. That's how he was pleasing to God. And that's what God is asking you to have. And we need to know what faith is. People teach that faith is just sort of having confidence in your belief. But it's, it's much deeper and much more beautiful than just that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's more beautiful. And one of these days, I'll get into a really, really profound and deep teaching of that. How did Noah make it? How did he survive? How did he spend a hundred years building an ark, which people were laughing at him about? High and dry. Rain? Huh. Well, by faith, being warned of God, he prepared an ark. And he became an heir of the righteousness of that faith. Wow. That's the seventh verse. That's beautiful stuff. That's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Well, let's go on. Let's look at some other interesting things. Let's think about now some more of this atom stuff. Uh, a, not A-D-A-M, but A-T-O-M. Atom. Atoms. And understand that God is raising up a people and he wants to show them that they can take and they can translate their thoughts into materializations. It is Bible. It is Bible that you can materialize those thoughts because that is the kind of stuff the world was framed from, just as I read to you. They already existed. Everything had a common denominator because it was potentiated in the soundtron. If you look at a body and you say, ah, I wonder what that is made of, you will find out that, it's, that it, is, it is dirt. It reduces to dirt. And then you'll find out that dirt has atoms. And it all goes back to the same thing. Always there is a common denominator. And we have to understand in the world of the atom, 
there is a great diversity of God's creation. You think that the few atoms that you heard about, as persons call them, that that sews it up? Absolutely not. It hasn't even be, began to touch the subject and the volume of all the, the potentials of it. A person that gets into those limitations just don't even have the natural sense because it has not been endowed or endued by the power of the Holy Spirit so that they have an awakening that takes place. So what are people going to do? Well, they need to be sure that they get into the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, if they seek it earnestly and follow it earnestly, will show them how to become creators, how to become materializers, how to translate the invisible into the visible. Yeah, we know there's a lot of people out there with their mechanical wrenches and screwdrivers and hammers translating physical into physical, and we applaud them for that. But we want to take a step beyond there will be those people that say, I, I just, I can't believe that can be done. And when people say that, then, you know, I don't doubt it at all that they are so impressed because obviously that is the kind of limits that they have. There, there have been a lot of pregnant ladies that didn't think they could actually give birth. It was just so difficult, so painful. They just, they just know they could, they could do it. But the baby came anyway. You can't stop the baby. He is coming. He's just a baby, but he is coming. You can't stop God's plan. The Bible says in the 12th chapter of the book of Daniel that in the last days, Michael the archangel is going to stand up for his people. I wonder how some people think that is going to happen. Do they think that just one day, this person that sort of looks like a man will stand up and say, Hey, I'm standing up for you guys. How's he going to get this message all over the world to every believer? Something pretty supreme, something pretty supernatural is going to happen. As we get more and more into the space age, and believe me, it is still in a very infant stage, we will discover more and more of the things of the universe and of the magnificence of God's creation and of the connectedness of all things that are in the creation as physical entities and as physical substance. Wow. These things are so absolutely important. They are so important. As great as this book called Humankind is, they have to realize that the book is not finished. It is still being written. It seems to end in Revelations, but what it says at the end of Revelations, Behold, I come quickly. So, the kind of end that it is there is the end of a dispensation that is opening up a new dispensation of being quickened. Behold, I come, qu I come quickly. 
This is a beautiful revelation. This coming quickly, people used to think, well, coming quickly, that must mean he's just going to be here any second, any minute. And they haven't understood the meaning of that word. It's about the quickenings. Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I, I will quicken. I come to quicken you. Wow. Wow. So, it's exciting. Behold, I come quickly like a mighty rushing wind. Oh, how Michael is going to stand up for us. You know, there are space vehicles that were not crea created on this earth that fly around. And it is not even a definite thing that the proper word about how that they move through space is to say they fly. But it's a, it's a transitional word that has to be said for people to, to understand. Some one will say, angels don't have to use anything like a space vehicle to get places. An angel can just know and can just be there. Oh my. Is that why angels took human bodies, walked like humans, talked like humans, ate like humans, when they were bringing the message about Sodom and Gomorrah and its destruction to Abraham. You see, this whole universe is physical. And you've got to understand, you need to understand, that physical is anti to the spirit. And that is why, even in the atomic world, you have the electron and the proton, but in between that, you have the neutron. And that neutron balances and, and equalizes those forces of the negative and the positive. So when angels come into this world to express themselves, they're not limited to that, but generally to express themselves to human beings and to not terrify them. I mean, if they, if they come into a room with just some kind of a real red or totally yellow eyeball and fire coming out of it, the people all will stand up and just start running for their life. But if they come in as a human and they say, do not be afraid. I am an angel of the Lord. I have come to heal you. I have come to show you what to do then people can begin to assimilate that. So important. This, this universe is a natural universe, and as such, it is also the womb of creation, because that natural universe is where God creates entities to become new souls. Wow. Wow. So, there are many heavens. There's only one heaven of the heavens, which we which we call the first domain. But there are many heavens. The heavens are physical. But the heaven of heavens is spiritual. Okay, let's go on. So much to talk about. We've got to get into some of this stuff about the renewal. Renewal, number one. Forgiveness. People need to 
create a new guise of thinking, a new guise of operation, a new guise of descriptiveness in their focus of life and presentation of personality. They need to come into an understanding of of this recent revelation. Well, it goes back quite a few years, but in, in the long of time it's recent. Of entanglement, which is the thing that shows that every atom is entangled with every other atom. There is a connectedness of information. There is a connectedness of happening. And atoms can change shapes and can change colors. And they, and they seem to just, you know, disappear or, or they seem to, to suddenly, uh, sort of explode and, and become many different fragments. But, you know, all those fragments with all the different names that are given to the sizes and the shapes and, and the different kind of spinnings, you know, and, and the different effects that they have, they all come from the one atom. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, not quite as complicated as, as scientists like to make it. And I don't know that they like to make it that way, but that have made it that way. But this entanglement is important to us because it helps us to be able to forgive when we understand that there's no way of getting away from anybody. All creatures are made of God. We have to accept them by Thanksgiving. There's no way of getting away if you're going to be bound into the love of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him could be translated, could be saved, could be forgiven. Yeah, you've got to get into a new guise. You've got to be able to forgive people. You've got to start right now, tonight. If there's people that you can think of that you are just angry at, that, that you almost hate, you need to start forgiving them because this is the time of renewal. Someone says, I don't know why it is that I just can't seem to feel the Spirit of God, why I don't have these spiritual experiences. Well, that's what this message is about tonight. We're clearing out the pipes. We're clearing out the trackways. Get you ready so that you can your vessel can be opened up to receive the higher things of God. And you've got to start by forgiveness. Forgiving anybody and everybody and everything. Some of you people that are even getting into political uh, things where you hate one party over another party. And you hate one government over another government. And you hate one exercise of Congress over another exercise of con Congress. And you're into this thing of, of all of these... Uh, different conspiracies. And I'm not saying that conspiracies do not exist. I'm not saying that there are not uh, governments uh, that are negative and that do uh, uh, distasteful, dishonest things uh, to their own people. I'm not saying that there are not people who have become leaders uh, uh, that, that have um, you know, disgraced the idea of what that office stands for. I'm just saying that you cannot, in God, help those people, help the cause, deliver those people, because you are entangled to those people whether you like it or not, because their atoms are connected with your atoms. Whether you like it or not. 
Now you can put something under a political name or, or address it under some kind of separate movement. But if you want to get the world to be changed, you get into this renewal. You start renewing. And you know, the ratio of God is incredible. One to a thousand and a hundred to ten thousand. When you start looking at that kind of odds, it would not take that many people to turn the whole world upside down and turn it around. There's a song that says love, you know, causes the world to turn around. I believe that. I believe the love of God is like that. The drawing effect. Jesus said, there will be a time, there will be a day, there will be a season. I will draw all men unto me. No man can come unto me unless I draw them. That's a perfect example. We can't, we can't help people. We can't help governments. We can't help kingdoms. We can't help bad political decisions unless we can get unto this, to the understanding of this tremendous power of this energy that we have available to us that can take things that are not seen and materialize them. This drawing effect of being able to draw people. These people can't come on their own. They, they are blocked with mentalities. They are blocked with sins. They are blocked with delusions. They are blocked with delirious mentalities. They can't come. But you, in a sound mind, hearing the sound doctrine of God, can get into this power of drawing. So that you draw people out of their gloom and their doom. Draw them out of the spider's web. Draw them out of their seclusions and their desperations. Of their dark sentences that hang over them and terrify them. Wow. There, you know, are things that are, that are, are so interesting, um, that we could look at. And we could talk about the opposite of drawing, which is repulsion. Repulsing and, and repulsion to, to people, to things. Uh, yes, there are some people that could be repulsive. Uh, but you don't have to, to, to go to bed with them. You don't have to sit down and eat a meal with them. You don't have to, to walk on the same street with them. But that doesn't mean that you can't still have forgiveness for them. You know, let's say of a little story like two gingerbread men. And they were both being placed into the oven. And as soon as the door was shut, those molecules were much more alive than the person that was cooking them could ever dream. So the one gingerbread wanted to be in a certain place on the griddle, and he sort of pushed the other one over some. And the other the other gingerbread man, number two, says, What are you doing? Why did you move me? That's despiteful. So he pushed back. Well, you know, that's the third law of Isaac Newton that whenever there is a force in nature that pushes against you, it is absolutely an automatic 
to push back the opposite way. And that's, many times people don't understand that of their children. If you try to push them a certain way, whether that be instruction or whether that even be your, your spoiling them, your, your shot, you know, just looking over them, uh, so intently that they can hardly move or breathe, uh, you know, uh, it will eventually cause rebellion because it's a natural law of the universe. So you got to know when to back off and give people breathing room and moving room. So the gingerbread man who was pushed over pushed back and they began to push each other. And the lady who was baking was wondering if she heard something. She opened the oven door and she looked and they were just motionless. They immediately felt by the vibrations what was going to happen. As soon as she closed the door, they began pushing each other again. Finally, one gingerbread man pushed so hard and kicked with his foot with that molecule mind and he broke a toe. And he, and he says to the other gingerbread man, I hate you, I hate you. You caused me to break a toe. Now I'm a handicapped gingerbread man. And the other gingerbread man said, Oh, for goodness sakes, don't you know that as soon as we get toasty brown and we come out of this oven, that they're going to eat us and they're going to eat any toes you have and any leg you have and their whole body. That's that's what we were made for. Now, don't hate me for that. Let's at least finish up this job loving each other. And that's the moral of that story. Now, there is many things we need to know when it comes to this renewal. And we need to know about things that affect us. And in this renewal, we're now talking on this number one of the 30-fold, the 30-fold uh, insight, uh, the, the power to spin and how you spin. You know, there, there, there are two kinds of spinning in atoms. There is the spin up and there is the spin down. And it's sort of like what the Bible says, I would that you be hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. To be up or to be down. And, and there are things that, that happen that allow people to be very susceptible. And one of those things has to do with the inherited factors that people have called genetics. And sometimes those genetics aren't from just the immediate parents or the immediate grandparents. Sometimes they go way, way back. Yeah, maybe several generations. And in the genetics, it suddenly comes forth. And sometimes, you know, it's very, very negative and very domineering to a person. And they don't know why they're like that, but we call it genies. And we say that those genies, we have the ability to materialize and and to, to change the lattice of the body. So that those genies are, are put back into, uh, the, uh, chromosome order, 
that does not put them into a place of being up front. You know, a long time ago, not that long ago, um, demons weren't spelt D-E-M-O-N-S. They were spelt D-A-E-M-O-N-S. N-S. Demons. And at that time, uh, they could be good or bad. They could be like angels good or angels bad. Later, it just, they left off the A, sort of got rid of the alpha, and, and, and it just became just demons. But we have to understand that, yes, sometimes there are demons that people have, uh, but every person also has the angel of their presence. And that angel of presence is a spirit, and, and it, it is very powerful, and there are many things that, that, uh, that it can do, uh, that will advance us, uh, uh, into, uh, our healing, and we'll get into that in a little bit when we move into the 60-fold. But in the meanwhile, let's concentrate in this renewal on, uh, you know, on forgiveness. Now, um, we can start in Psalms 51.10. It says, renew a right spirit within me. And that's going to take us right into renewal number two. Because the renewal of number two uh, is like <clears throat> like the sixtyfold, and and uh, when you get into that renewal, of number two, you, you really need to be concentrating on the Holy Spirit. Someone says, "Yeah, but I don't know how to get the Holy Spirit." You've already got the Holy Spirit. Every human being in the world has the Holy Spirit, and of course, I know there'd be some Pentecostals that wouldn't understand that, but the Bible says that in the first chapter of, of, of the Gospel of John, that every person in the world that is born is born in the light. And that's the first chapter of John. And, the, and Jesus said, there are some things that you do not observe, but that does not mean that it is not real and that it is not actual. And one of the things that you are not observing that is real and is actual is that you have in you the kingdom of God. Now, can you imagine that if you have the kingdom of God in you, that that kingdom of God does not have the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost? Can you imagine that? I cannot, because that would not be the case. You have the kingdom of God in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. But it is in a a place that it has to be quickened. It has to be brought up so that it can come in to your consciousness and begin to operate in your spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit that will allow you to fulfill the teachings of Paul when he said, put on the whole armor of God. <clears throat> now that armor is not steel-plated covering of the body with a steel helmet over your head and big heavy steel plates over your arms and body. That armor is the armor of love, God's love. That is the most powerful fortification that any person who is a believer of God, who is a, who is a follower of Jesus Christ, could ever have or believe. And that, when we get into that number two renewal, we get into the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is very much in, involved in healing and involved in bringing us into a balance. 
And we have to get into that place where we can come into that balance because that is so beautiful when we are into a balance, when we're into an alignment, and when we are able to have healing not only for our own self and for our health, but for others. And that armor of love will help us to do that in a way that nothing else can do it. And that is a 60-fold move-up. Someone says, well, in a 60-fold move-up, you know, I've got access to the consciousness of the Holy Spirit, and I've got access to this armor of love, and in this 60-fold, I've got access to the angel, of my, which is my spirit. And someone says, well, I shouldn't have any problem Defeating all the forces of darkness and all the genies and, 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 and the demons are the demons. But don't forget, the Bible says the spirit is subject to the body. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the body, to the prophet. And that means the same thing. The spirit is subject to the body. Because we are dealing here with this transitional break, this, this line of demarcation that zone of the neutron that separates the electron and the proton, the negative, the positive, the positive, the negative. And we have to understand, then, in that sense of of, uh, of deep investing, that there are times we have to wait upon the Spirit. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Why do we have to wait? Because it's all part of the same framework, of the same thing that happens with the atoms, that happens in nature. And those same things happening in the the small scale are happening in the large scale. And they're happening in the different degrees of the different assignments and, and, and different kinds of, of uh, actualities that are part of the manifest re- realizations and a part of the literal uh, physical configurements. So then, the body is subject. And the way that we have to be able to change this body uh, stance is by being quickened by the Holy Spirit. So when we become quickened by the Holy Spirit, that allows a channel to open, a conduit to open, and gives us a linking so that the Holy Spirit and the and the angel of our presence can override our genies, can override our natural natural reflexes, can override uh, many of our errant uh, mentalities. And those are the beautiful things that happen with the renewal in that number two position, that number two uh, renewal. So then. In Psalms 51.10, it says, Renew a right spirit within me. Whoa, you mean your spirit cannot be right? Yes, your spirit is not right. And right is a word that's connected to righteousness because of the degree of righteousness you have, which does not employ you the capabilities to be quickened so that you can move into these situations and actualities that move you up in an ascending mental 
manner and spiritual manner. So we have to achieve this by understanding to be renewed means that you can reach a place where you are not new any longer. New in the sense of fresh. And there are many scriptures that talk about being refreshed. That was even part of one of the terms used about the Sabbath. To be refreshed. God was refreshed. The Lord was refreshed. That wasn't in Genesis, but it was in one of the Old Testament scriptures. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says, The Lord shall renew their strength. So we need to, we need to renew a right spirit. We need to renew the strength. And in Ephesians 4.23 it says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So the spirit of the mind has to be able to be renewed in order for the mind to be able to have cognizant space so that you're not just hearing the, the literal physical things of biology that have to do with the needs of the physical body, but you're also beginning to have employed into action the things that have to do with the needs of the spirit so that you begin to move into a renewed right spirit within yourself. And you begin to re, uh, be renewed of a spiritual strength. And that that strength is also of the sense that it moves up into the, the cognitive aspect of, of not only your subconscious mind, but of your physical brain. And in, in Colossians 3.10, it talks about being renewed in knowledge. People forget what they once knew. They forget the precious things of knowledge that that lifted them, that girded them, that strengthened them, because they don't renew themselves. That's why in the Old Testament, they would talk about writing it down and even pasting it on your body or sewing it onto your clothes. And he says, you know, that you are to tell your children and the children are tell their, to tell their children's children. This has to be passed on. It has to be reread. It has to be rethought. It has to be renewed. And you need to do this over and over. You don't think of renewing your body, uh, by food just whenever, uh, that you feel like you want to in the sense of, 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 uh, of, of it just not being a regular habit, a regular need, but in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, you got a plant and, and you don't water it unless you feel that you want to water it. So in the meanwhile, it's dying, and all of a sudden you see it dying, you're saying, oh, I better give it some water. And then you force it to go through all that agony of refurbishing itself, when if you had just given it the water and you understood that you need to renew that plant with its need for water. And the same way as you need to renew yourself with, with nourishment, uh, there's a spiritual nourishment that you also need to renew yourself with. And that is Colossians 3.10. Renew, be renewed in knowledge. Psalms 104.30. It talks about the Spirit reneweth the face of the earth. This is not only something that happens to us physically, spiritually, individually, but it is connected to the whole lattice framework of the whole world and of the whole earth. Romans 12.2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is again. This is important. This is important. Titus 3.5 talks about regeneration and it connects it with being uh, renewed of the Holy Ghost. It's along the line of what I've already spoken of in this 60-fold uh, number two renewal. 
and Acts 3.19 speaks about the time of the refreshing that shall come. Wow, this is exciting. And all these re-words that go along with renewal, to be restored, to be re repaired, and to repay those things that you need to make right, those those lost uh, destinies, those lost uh, uh, prayers, those lost moments of of Garden of Eden uh, mentality. Uh, you need to repent sometimes, just plain repent. And then you need to render. You need to, to begin to render these things to be the way that this faith energy is telling you for it to be. And just start rendering it to be that way. So that as in the second chapter of, of Genesis, the, the plants and the trees and, and the things that, that were going to be later on the earth already existed potentially and existed in the sense of everything that they were before they were ever planted in the world. So you have to have that point at which you render it to be, and it is. And then the power of remembering, the power of remembrance. That's another re. And the power of remedy, and the power of remaining with the things that you do have, holding the fort, but yet going on and adding to those things that remain. And then the power to release yourself. Release yourself so that you are not bound with the idioms and bound with other doctrines that, that you have had brainwashed into your head and not bound with other people's feelings and not bound uh, with the politics and the problems of the world and the bad news. And the re that is rejoice. Wow. That's all part of the re that has to do with, with reckon, to be brought into reconciliation and be able to reconcile other people and to be able to recount those things that God has done for you in the past and remember them and to recover those things. And the Bible talks about being recovered out of the snare. There are snares out there, ladies and gentlemen. Second Timothy 2226 talks of that being recovered out of the snares. All part of this idea and concept of renewal. Renewal number three. The mind, the memory. The third level person. The mind is the, you know, the body, the soul. We start with renewal one, which is the body. We go to renewal two, uh, which has to do with the spirit. We go to renewal three, which has to do with the soul, not the, the small, uh, S, letter S, soul, which is just another name for body, but the capital S, which is the name uh, for that inherited right that we have to be, uh, children of God and offspring of God. And all of these, uh, number one, Renewals, number two renewals, number three renewals, the thirtyfold, the sixtyfold, the hundredfold, uh, the body fold, the, the spirit fold, the soul fold, uh, all are connected with parallels. When we get into this third, uh, renewal, uh, we get into the promise of being transformed. It steps up from just 
being into the actions of forgiveness and 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 understanding and knowledge and and getting into those understandings of drawing and of repulsion and entanglement and then moving on to the Holy Spirit and the armor of love and 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 in all of those things that connect overcoming the genies overcoming the demons uh and and being quickened uh to moving on then uh to a build up uh to driving the waves of your mind so that your memory uh, keeps growing and becoming keener and more alert and believing that if the faith that framed the world and created the universe and was able to give the power of translation to uh, Enoch so that he did not have to, to did not have to go into death uh is then obviously and absolutely capable of bringing you into these parables these these uh parables that are actually parallels that connect all of these 30 60 uh, hundredfold uh, states and levels and as you are connected and finally you get into that third uh, connection you begin to move in a most beautiful way uh, in, in uh, up up uh, out of the uh, influences of the brain that are negative into influences that are positive you begin to experience the change which is part of transformation and then you come into the realization that things being lost might outweigh the things that have been gained. You could look and say, I've gained this, I've done this, I've done that, I've gained this, yes, I've also gained that. But if you really look back and understand why we need to renew, is because there can be things that you have lost, peoples that you have become disconnected to, loved ones that you've become disconnected to, that there are losses. They are deafening losses. They are deep-wrenching, heart-tearing losses. And people try to just, you know, park them or shelf them and forget them. But in this Holy Spirit mentality, it is a, a spirit mentality of thriving in difficult circumstances, of thriving even in the mortal by turning on love and grace to cover in your determinations the hold that you have gained as holy ground and the power that you have in conveyance to look back over your shoulder at everything that is lost and to claim it by a river of the Holy Spirit flowing out of your innermost being and reaching out in circuits to wherever it has to go to phototranslate all these glories into states of energies that will go through whatever exchanges necessary to cause whatever effects necessary to turn the null things of the universe and null things of people's life into a new election and a new guise. Blessed be the name of God. So these things are beautiful. And they're not just suppositions. But they're like parallel universes. Because you are connected to everything that's in the world and in the universe. This is not just one galaxy crashing into another galaxy. And that that represents two universes. That does not. That's just galaxies. 
But it is saying that as a preceptor, you are able to know what there is and that you don't have to live in the paradox. You can go beyond the paradox. You know, one not too long ago, we uh, we took people on this beautiful trip in the spirit. And we took them actually into a black hole. Now, we have taught for years and years this thing about the energy dots and how that in our universe here right now, there are energy dots that represent uh, universes past. And every universe is represented somewhere with an energy dot so that there's not any universe that has ever been that does not have in this universe an energy dot. And when the next universe is made, this universe will have an energy dot in the next universe. And there will always be energy dots. Well, a scientist fairly recently came up with an idea, and when I read this, I was astounded. He says, you know, it may be that the black holes that we have discovered contain a, a nugget of embedded information in the depths that has incredible valuable information about past worlds and future worlds beyond anything we could ever imagine when I read that I just wanted to shout because it was from the mind of a scientist and it was verifying this truth that I, that I had received about these energy dots sure energy dots easily could be placed in a black hole the last place in the world that the power of darkness wants to go they get trapped in those black holes can't get out but the one thing that has been known that can get out is light now there was a time that as Stephen Hawkins said that there was nothing absolutely zero zelch nothing that could ever escape from a black hole but another science, scientist challenged him so he says, okay, let's, let's make a bet. And I will bet you, uh, we'll do some research and try to prove this. I will bet you, said Stephen Hawkins, that it will be proven that no light, nothing can escape the black hole. And this other scientist said, you've got a bet because I believe that, that light does emit out of a black hole. And they, of course, they both had their scientific reasons. Well, guess who won that bet? Not Stephen Hawkins, but the other scientists. And now, even in his teaching about black holes, he admits and teaches, yes, there is light that does escape the black hole. So, you know, if you're a devil, don't go into a black hole. <clears throat> you won't get out. But if you're an angel of light, you'll be able to go in and out. Because light does have, uh, does have transit uh, in and out. And when we went as, as spirits... Uh, you know, uh, in the angel fold, uh, we, we, we were able to pass through that black hole and we didn't take the time or have the time to go into all the, the possible things that could be pertinent, uh, to the why of that trip. Uh, but uh, in the future, I'll have time to discuss and tell more about it. Uh, and there's another interesting thing, uh, that I came across in some of my scientific studies where they talk about two photons being carried on an expanding spatial fabric can exceed the speed of light. And I've been teaching that for years and years and years and years. 
that this, for instance, even recently, the speed of sound isn't limited to 600 miles a second. Speed of light, the speed of sound is not limited because if the speed of sound is in a vehicle traveling at the speed of light, then the speed of sound is, is also the speed of light. And if it's moving on a fabric where space is uh, condensing or God is drawing it together uh, for some uh, uh, reason, that would have to do with, with, uh, a movement, uh, that, that only God can explain in the highest sense. Uh, then as these photons are noted for being able to, uh, be expanded on a spatial fabric so that they can exceed the speed of light, that same thing is true with our thoughts. That same thing is true with our, our physical transporting. That if we are able to move on this fabric of space, which, what is that fabric of space? Well, the 11th chapter of Hebrews. It says that by faith, the worlds were framed. There's your fabric. The worlds were framed. They were not made of things that were seen. They were made of things that were that are not observed, not seen. And it's so beautiful. It's so super symmetrical. It It is... Absolutely beyond the beyond. And I am so excited about that kind of thing. Well, <clears throat> let's see, where are we going here? We've got a little bit of time. Uh, let me, um, my, there's so much I have to teach here. Uh, I don't know that I'll be able to teach it all. One of the things that I, I found, uh, here digging in my, my piles of stuff was stacks and stacks and stacks of these index cards. And probably about 40 or more years ago, I took these cards and I began to write and sort of make like, you know, lexicon type of thing. And I'd write on one side like radiation. Well, there's many different kinds of radiations. And I'm holding in my hand just a little small stack of these cards, but I have hundreds of them. Oh, how there would be lots of people love to have copies of these cards that tell so many things about almost everything. <laughs> and there's hundreds of them. But this one says radiations. It talks about the first dimensional and the universal type of radiations. And on the other side, it, says, it speaks of the perfect cycles of pure energy, the mind of God, the energy projections. And then also on the second part, universal, the atomic particles and 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 their uh, uh, creative uh, uh, radiations. And then I've got the curves, not curves, but curves of space. And it talks about the contours of space, the invisible rings, or gravitations, gravitational modes created by the vacuum pressures of vacant space as it, as it is exerted toward the curved cycle dimension. This, if I had the time to go into it, is an incredible scientific revelation that 40 years ago I received that people are have been into. I don't say that there were not some scientific insights to something along that line, but not quite in the same way that it's given here on this index card. And I just thank God for that. Then on this card here, the next one, it says, God is many. Uh, on the other side, photo transition of the one God as image cells of his identity. Implanted in the soundtrons in all 
existence. And that is the understanding of that. God's divine inner laws. Let's turn the, the, the other side of the card. God's natural laws of nature implanted in the soundtrons and their ultimate sacred progressions. Wow. Plural spirit. God, the one that is many. Multi-existent, phototransitional, many-celled body. Each cell qualifies the potential of reproduction of the entity. The phototransition is as a God cell. Perfect tonal degrees. Perfect living degrees. Tone of thought. The thought energies of God on the scale of limitless, harmonious transitions. The degrees of divine thought by which he is and shall always be. Perfect cycles of pure energy. Radiating mind energies of God at constant cycles of perpetuation. Perpetual motions of the holy syntonic fire. Perfect living degrees. Perfect tonal degrees. The essence of God's being projecting thought energies on the scale of limitless harmonious transitions, the degree of divine thought by which God is and shall always be. Let me go on for just a little bit more here because we, we've got we've got time. See, seven thirty, eight thirty, nine thirty, nine thirty would be two hours. We got to do Gentile, so we'll we'll do our best to be done by then if you can hang and hold. Radiation absorbing, radiation absorbing. Remember, there's different kinds of radiation. The physical aspect by which one's radiation <coughs> radiations um, uh, of property can integrate or combine with another or pass through. Oh, this is a really beautiful thing. This is how that by our putting out emanations and and transmitting uh, these radiations of the different degrees of the levels that we have obtained uh, are able to pass through us and pass on to other people. That is beautiful. Pure energy spirit. The highest uh, vibration level of energy. The mind energies of love. Regenerated glories. Degrees of perfection. Accent of a descendant spirit to the point of perfected, degree, of the perfected degrees prior to descent. Wow. Many living waters. The voice imprint of God's divine um, universal will uh, as the soundtrons in the atoms and into all creation. Material radiations. Radiations whose accelerations have slowed to the print of materialization. Mind force. The projecting of influences and conscious control of the mind. Magnetic force fields. The perimeter within which any given ma mass or energy maintains its magnetisms. I could teach a, a, a message, do a lecture on every one of these. Transmissions, first dimensional. Radiations of the electromagnetic waves from one point out and back. Uh, the, this very aspect right here is what I use in Jin Tao. These transmissions uh, that, that are a trained uh, transitional first domain transi uh, radiations uh, of the electro vibematic waves uh, that that can enter one point out or another point back. That is what I use in this uh, Gentile. 
Soundtron Creations, uh, then the naturally evolving create generations of the universe by God's voice imprint command. Also, special creations generated through the Soundtrons by advancing their natural process. Spiritual glories. Wow. Advances of the inner spiritual properties in humankind through the photo transitions of the Soundtron. Self-perpetuation. Constant energies capable of perpetual starts at any point of their dimensions. God is one. We're almost through the cards. Pure energy. Highest vibrational level uh, of the energy. Constant cycles of the force of, of one. The accelerations at which all energies become one composite and vibration level. Perfected image of God. The ultimate progression to parallel levels of God's divine design for the universe. Pure God light energies. Mind energies of God. Photo transition. The image projection of God in all that exists. Also the image projection of created beings as properties of God's divine energies, both physical and spiritual, and being replicated at any point in the universe through, uh, uh, through these energies. Photo translation, my last card. Not the last card that I have. I have hundreds of them that I haven't read. Uh, the actuation of the photo transition into the state of physical composition. Wow. Absolutely wow. So, in these one, two, three, thirty, sixty, hundredfold renewals, there are understandings. Uh, and I, I, I want to um, share uh, as a Holy Spirit exhortation, everything that is and according to the state it exists is a prophecy that is proclaimed or a prophecy being proclaimed. And this is true of all events. If the potent is good, the prophecy is good. If the potent is evil, the prophecy is for evil. Evil defined as connived is sinister evil. Evil defined as anything contrary to the state one holds as good is convolutional evil. Now, most people have not even heard, and I'll take a little break here, of convolutional evil. But we're going to explain it here in a little bit. It is possible for a higher state of goodness to be considered convolutionary evil. Read that again. It is possible for a higher state of goodness to be considered convolutional evil because it can be overpowering, if not even destructive, to a lower state of goodness. So there are times when you may not be ready to move up into a really high uh, syntonic place of the Holy Ghost fire because you would not spiritually be prepared. It, 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 it could be destructive to you. And, and so uh, in that sense, uh, it if it becomes destructive, even though it can be convolutionary good, it can also in, be convolutionarily evil. So what is considered convolutionally evil may indeed be exceedingly good in those uh, in the state receptible uh, to that degree of higher goodness. Uh, let's consider the germs. Such forms of life, although unsold, experience flourishings and quincings. When germs are flourishing, to them it is goodness. But when germs are flourishing on a foreign, foreign body, it is often the state of convolutional evil to that foreign body. So it is with many things in life. All physical life is a prophecy, dying or living. 
And there are pro- proclaimers and there are disclaimers. To proclaim is a happening that may uh, be necessary to, dis- to de- de- disclaim the current condition. So we can see that uh, in this sense, what can be convolutional good to one uh, person could be convolutional or convolutionary evil to another person. And I can't go on with that because it's going to take me a long, long uh, way into the evening. And uh, so we have to uh, we have to stop there and um, we have to go into something else. And uh, we're going to uh, get into our Gentile. And uh, this Gentile is um, is going to be uh, very interesting. Um, uh, tonight we have a special plan and that special plan uh, for Gentile uh, has to do uh, with, uh, you know, c- considering um, people who just are, are, are fighting uh, weakness and weariness in their body. I, I just uh, have a, a feeling about that. And uh, so I want to deal tonight with circulation, with circulation uh, in the body, uh, not only um, for the, the blood and the different levels of blood pressure, uh, but for the oxygenation of the blood. And that's what I want to deal with uh, tonight with this Gentile, reminding you that I am not a doctor and that this uh, Gentile revelation I received uh, by the Spirit, totally not praying for it, totally not expecting it, uh, and was just stunned by all of the things that uh, it has expanded into. And I thank God uh, for the many, many people that have received incredible, outstanding uh, healings. Uh, it's, it's just been absolutely uh, a, a beautiful, wonderful thing. Now, uh, we're going to get into uh, this uh, right now. If, if you are out there tonight and you have needs, you, your, your circulation has not been good, or, or you have been just fighting fatigue, and you, you have a hard time getting over that fatigue, you don't know what it is. Well, it's good possibility you have circulatory problems and that you are not getting the right kind of oxygen that you need in your body. And part of it may be simply that you you are not a deep breather. You are a shallow breather. I've come across dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have the habit and the style of life of shallow breathing. And, and uh, they do not properly exercise their lungs by taking deep breaths that go down deeply into their body, deeply into their lungs. And it's very important that people practice this deep breathing because it is uh, big in the field of health for you. So here we go. We're going to deal in these various areas. Uh, I want to um, deal with the medulla. Uh, that has to do with the vital reflex centers. It, it, it regulates the heartbeat. It regulates breathing. Uh, it, it regulates the blood vessel diameter. So I'm going to be, uh, dealing with, with that and the, uh, motor and sensory impulses, uh, that are used, uh, from parts of the brain and, and including the spinal cord and various reticular formation and functions. Uh, in consciousness that are aroused uh, through uh, this um, 
sensation of the medulla. Uh, I'm also uh, going to want to deal um, with the um, uh, the pons, which has a lot to do with the the cranial nerve uh, system, and uh, because the nerves many times are right pressed against uh, uh, close to blood vessels and uh, and to muscles. Um, so um, we're going to get into using the medulla, using the pons. Uh, I want to, um, uh, of course, uh, deal with the um, the hypothalamus. Uh, there are um, very important aspects that can be ordered there. Uh, this um, hypothalamus can can be used to uh, to drive biological rhythms and um, and so we're going to uh, get into that part of it um, uh, we're going to uh, also get into re- releasing a small amount of serotonin whether you're male or female because uh, this uh, has the capability uh, to send blood to small blood vessels and to sort of expand the traffic of that blood flow in those small vessels where a lot of people get into trouble when those small vessels begin uh, to become restricted. Uh, and then one other thing that I want to to deal with uh, is the regulating hormones uh, that um, are produced by the hypothalamus and the pituitary so that this whole process is fitly uh, regulated so that each person, according to their needs, uh, will be able to receive the benefit. Here we go. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, to the medulla. Begin to uh, send forth those uh, impulses uh, within the brain and between the parts of the brain, the spinal cord, uh, to the nuclea of the cranial nerves. Uh, begin to uh, send um, uh, the various uh, uh, vibrations of message uh, that regulate through vital reflex uh, the centers of, of uh, heartbeat and breathing and and blood uh, vessels as to their diameter. Uh, begin to deal also with sending forth energies uh, not only from the medulla but from the pons uh, that will relay impulses uh, again to the uh, to the uh, cranial uh, nerves, but will also connect uh, to the medulla uh, for its help in control of breathing. Uh, hypothalamus to pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid, uh, hypothalamus uh, to the center for mind over body phenomena, uh, begin to secrete uh, regulating hormones, um, uh, begin to um, uh, function uh, with a coming forth of those controls uh, that will relieve uh, uh, sensory impulses uh, so that they can uh, be uh, dealt with in the proper uh, fashion to to uh, increase the energy in the body uh, through the circulatory uh, aspect of the of the blood system and the circulatory aspect of oxygenation in the blood and in the lungs. Um, hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid, begin to release into the body, uh, especially those parts of the serotonin that will, uh, that will be sent uh, to the, to the small blood vessels 
and that will allow uh, this um, uh, movement of the blood in those vessels uh, to not be restricted by those vessels being suppressed. Uh, begin to deal uh, again uh, with also a connection to the regulations uh, that is found in some of these other uh, mentioned um, aspects of of um, uh, of functions that I have given uh, through the various parts of the body, such as the medulla uh, and the hypothalamus, uh, by releasing regulating hormones from the hypothalamus uh, to regulate the release of hormones uh, from the pituitary gland that will aid the body in this circulation of the blood vessels and in the uh, in an increase of oxygenation uh, into the blood vessel system and into the lungs. If there's any inhibitors, if there's any blockers, if there's any messages anti to this, they are canceled. May God bless you. May God heal you. May His love endow you with such blessings and such comfort and such closeness of the Spirit that you will be created and transformed and renewed into that new uplifting of spiritual mind, new uplifting of hope, so that your dream, your wish, your hope, as in Hebrews chapter 11, will be materialized, not in some world to come, but right now, at this time for your life, at this time for your need. We love you. We love you. God bless you.